Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hey, you guys, it's me, Jackie Cation. That's right. First ranger among rangers of the Dork Forest. You're listening to the Dork Forest. The websites, of course, are thedorkforest.com. Just regular dorkforest.com goes right to it. There's uh, familypetancestry.com that goes to jackiecation.com because it made me laugh. Allthingscomedy.com has a Dork Forest page, and that is because that is my podcast umbrella network, and they have a lot of other podcasts on, on their website. If you're looking for other pods to listen to, a lot of stand-up comics have their podcasts on there. Al Madrigal and Bill Burr, of course, being the most famous. The credits, let's do it. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Mike Rickberg composed and sang the intro song to The Dork Forest. He will sing again his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end. And Vilmos fixes JackieCation.com. He will be fixing up the merch page and making everything more expensive. So if it's... $25 for a t-shirt with shipping. It's $30. Then that is taken into account that postage has gone up. And uh, yeah, I raised the prices. But it all includes shipping. All the merch, I might as well talk about it. If you go to JackieCation.com on the merch page, the store page, you can get Ranger the Dork Forest t-shirts, the Dork Forest t-shirts. I'm phasing out the brown ones. It's just going to be green. So, But I have some left in stock, and I'm going to bring them on the road. They're all union-made, all the t-shirts. They are made in the United States of America by union workers who have dental and health care, very glamorous. And so, hence, they run big, just so you know, because they're made by union members and Americans. We proudly, uh, I guess, or with some shame, are slightly larger than other people. You can also get all of my CDs. My CDs are available digitally on Amazon or iTunes. You can just also stream them on Pandora or Spotify, but you can buy hard copies on my website. So there's the first one, Circus People, hard copy, involve, includes a, a a quick time video from my 2003 Comedy Central special. The It's Never Gonna Be Bread, which was top 10 comedy albums of the year in 2010 when it came out on Amazon.com. And my new one, which came out last year, was top five comedy specials of the year on Vulture.com, and that is called This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux. This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux is available as a CD, as a DVD, or as a downloadable $10 special on ComedyFilmNerds.com, which I also write movie reviews for. Um, you can get just a, town, uh, a download of it. The DVD itself has a, a, a DVD bonus, and I can sign anything. I can not sign things. There is a new T-shirt, and it is the Spooky Reading Girl T-shirt, a reference uh, from my act. Okay, other than that, the L.A. Podcast Festival is coming up, you guys. It's where everybody gathers. And if you're coming to it, go to LAPodFest.com and buy tickets and come to the podcast festival. It's the weekend of September 19th. If you can't make it, you can live stream all of them for a month. All of the different podcasts are being filmed uh, and then live streamed and then saved for a month so you can buy them all for $25 if you are not going to be able to make the podcast festival and you would like my podcast and everybody else's podcast in the whole world. Mark Maron's podcast is going to be there. Aisha Tyler's podcast is going to be there. Uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour is doing one. Uh, Paul Gilmartin, who was just on the show. And you can live stream all of it. It's $25 for all of them. You can save five bucks if you use my code, which is DORK, D-O-R-K, oddly enough. And then it's 20 bucks for everybody. My podcast is going to be 4 p.m. on Saturday, September 19th. Uh, my guest will be Greg Proops. And then I'm also doing Paul Gilmartin's podcast that night where we will open a vein and talk about any sort of mental illness that I might have because he has a thing called Mental Pod, Paul Gilmartin. That's at 10, p 10 p.m. All these times are Pacific. Now, when I do the live shows now, I'd make them premium episodes. That's on Bandcamp. So if you go to uh, probably bandcamp.com slash the Dork Forest, I don't know, there's a link. And uh, there's special 
their special premium episodes. I think they cost $2 because sometimes the live ones cost money to put up with the audio guy and the travel and the hotel and whatever. Other than that, there's, of course, a donation button on both dorkforest.com and jackiecation.com where you can donate to the show. If you are enjoying the show, feel free to donate. Uh, this has been a weird year financially. And so if you like the show, you could donate 10 bucks a month. I haven't made that easy because I don't like regular money coming out of anything. So you just have to remember, oh, I like this show. Here's $10. And I'd love $100 from everybody. That's what I would love. If you have $100 a year, I would love that. And if you have more, uh, God knows, I would love that too. But whatever you like, whatever you can afford, and if you can't afford any of it, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm glad you like the show. Talk it up. You can also support the show by uh, buying merch, which we talked about, or using the Amazon banner on JackieCation.com, which is when you order from Amazon. And we all do. I'm almost sure, certain we all do. Uh, I, I know it only works with the U.S. version of Amazon, though. But you click through to the U.S. Uh, version of Amazon. You do your order just like normal. And it supports the show a little bit. And it doesn't cost you anything extra on Amazon. I do stand-up comedy, Jackie Cation does. And there is a tour page on JackieCation.com that tells you where I'll be doing it. It's an exciting time. Feel free to come and see me live. But for the love of everybody and their grandmother, let's get into the dorkdom of the day. Thanks for listening, you guys. Let's do this. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm sitting in the living room with Mark Price. Mark Price, welcome to the program. Thank you. That's it. It's happened. We're already <laughs> I beginning. Thought, I thought that was it. It was over. This is it. The dork forest. We're dorking out. This is, uh, we're dork on dork dialogue right now. We've known each other for like 20 years. Dorktacular. It was, it was dork. It is dorktacular. I think I met you, Mall of America, Knuckleheads, uh, Minneapolis, 95. Wow. That's, uh, I remember it. Also because you're kind of famous. So, uh, you're not going to remember me. I hosted. But, uh, since then we've both was been doing stand-up comedy for was about- Was it just me or was it like me and Wendy Liebman? It was not you. It was oh, just you. It was just me. Okay. Yeah, you were solo rocking it, rocking it your own. Mark Price, uh, you should, uh, famous for the family ties. For the being skippy on family ties. So. To, to, uh, some people know me as Skippy from Family Ties, and by some people, I mean old people. Right, right. People of my <laughs> age and above. We're all familiar with what's going down. We remember the show. And uh, and then you've been doing stand-up for at least 20 years. Well, that's that's the bizarre sort of realization of where I'm at now, which is that 50% of my audience uh, in oh. a comedy club has never seen Family Ties. Oh, right. Because you've got the young kids that come to the clubs. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they don't and know my young kids, by the way, late 20s. <laughs> late 20s, early 30s. They just sure. really don't remember it, or they were very young. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, and then of our crowd, it seems less and less people are going out anymore at night. Right. They're busy icing their knees. You know what they're doing. <laughs> and, uh, I've grown to cope. I've grown to yeah, cope. Yeah, yeah. But you... I'm prepared now to get back in television just so I can help sell tickets at the club again. I need right. to be like the dad on the Disney Channel or something. Ex- you know? Oh my God, you'd be such a good dad on the Disney Channel. <laughs> Last, last audition I went out with, which was now months ago, was, uh, as a ma, it was a German massage therapy for a therapist for a Disney Channel show. That would be a fun part for you. Yeah, it was alright. I, I couldn't do the accent. They were unmoved. <laughs> I don't begrudge them that. I don't, uh, yeah, it'll be fine. So, but I, I was like, well, what is your door? Well, if it makes you feel any better, it's been many years since I've had an audition. <laughs> oh, there you go. Fair enough. Okay. So, we're all just sticking, we're just plugging along. <laughs> So Mark Price, which by the way, your, your, your best way to contact people to find out about your schedule and stuff like that is the Facebook thing, to find you on Facebook. Facebook is a good way to do it, yeah. Right, cause you're on Twitter, but you're not really using it very much. But I'm at, at Mark Price now, and you're, you're at, welcome to say hello to me there too. Right, you're welcome to give it a shot. Mark, with a C, M-A-R-C-P-R-I-C-E. N-O-W. 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 And, uh, yeah. And by the way, I did, I haven't had an audition in a while, but I did just do a movie. Uh, right. In, Cause uh, you don't have to audition. Cause in, that's in, where you're at. <laughs> yeah, but it's huh? not really. I wish, it sounds. I wish sounds good. It sounds good. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, but yeah, they called me and they asked me to do this part. It was for a great cause and everything. And I went yeah. to Indianapolis, Indiana. Sure. You know how to party. Yeah. And that, uh, and yeah, I find that the uh, worse the weather is or, or frankly, the least desirable a place is to live. The nicer the people. Oh yeah, they're very nice people in Indianapolis. It gets grim in the in the winter <laughs> for sure. Were you there in the winter? It's kind of a way to insult them. I say, oh, yeah, they're very nice there. They're very nice. But what a dumb place to live. It's so cold. What are you thinking? Somebody back in their history and their lineage, there was someone that was heading west, and they went. Uh, it was just a bunch of uh, just, just a here. bunch of weird white people who just were like, well, we're tired now. We're going to stop <laughs> exactly, and just exactly. have farms. Let's here. just stay here. There's a lake. It'll be fine. <laughs> 
and then we'll industrialize. Aren't we industrializing now? Yes, we are. So I was um, a lot of farm, farm quite land. pleased with the yeah. experience, though. I will say in uh, favor of uh, – this movie's called Wigged Out, by the way. Why not? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Talk about it. Wigged and, uh, Out. It's an inspirational movie. It's not your common in- independent film, you know, where everybody's mean and stuff like that. It has a little <laughs> bit of a – Okay. Of a uh, after-school special kind of uh, – it's for kids and families and things okay. like that. And it's about um, – Alopecia, which is a condition that a lot of people get at all ages, at any age. a skin thing? Well, it affects the kids. It's actually a hair thing. It attacks the immune system. Okay. And you lose your hair. Oh, bummer. And so kids, of course, it's very hard for them to deal with that. And there's this little girl. Her name is Olivia. And there's a whole charity, her cause, Olivia's cause. Okay. And she's gone out. She's now going to college. She's you know, grown oh, she's up. an adult. Yeah. Now she's grown up, but, she, but when she was growing up, she was on the Today Show and she used to, you know, lecture at school. She still does, you know, that okay. kind of thing. And she wrote a book. And so this is like the movie. It's like her life story. So okay. it's back to when she was like 15. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how she dealt pageant. with it. She's in a beauty pageant. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Bald and in a beauty pageant. Bald and in a beauty pageant. Yeah. Okay. So you do, with alopecia, let's, let's talk a little bit about alopecia just because I don't know what the hell. Yeah, uh, do I don't you know lose much more your, about it, but go Right. On. So you lose your hair, but do you, there isn't a scalp condition. Like you you just look bald, like, like people look bald, like normal old guys. Yeah. I guess, I guess. I mean, <laughs> like certainly, your head looks okay. Uh, the it folks that I've met that have the condition. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's not like, for... like scab up or anything. It doesn't get, no, it doesn't no, look no, like no. a sores or anything. No, uh, honestly, okay. she looks beautiful. It's just, uh, you know, we're so used to having a lot of people hair. got hair, got a lot of people hair. Have hair. <laughs> especially so, children. You know, and you can so. wear a wig too. You know, there's beautiful wigs and things yeah, like yeah. that, but uh, she doesn't, she chooses not to, she never did. And that's kind of part of Olivia's story. You know okay. what I mean? That she's oh, beautiful that she's without the wig. It. She's yeah. like, yeah, I'm, Hey, this is the way I am. This is it. I don't have any hair. Face it. Which I, I have, I used to joke about how I always thought that guys, because people get very self-conscious about hair loss, but I, I think it's God's way of saying you got a good looking head. Let's get that hair out of there. Look at that cranium. Look at that. That's a good looking cranium. And, uh, you not allowed to comment because my dad gave me a good Right. You got good hair. hair. He didn't leave me a lot of money, but he gave me that. <laughs> right. Uh, now your dad did stand up, right? Yes. Okay. Before we get into your dorkdom, let's talk to you about who is your dad? All right. So, well, this is part of my dorkdom really because right. uh, he was really a legendary comedian, but so long before. Uh, anything we are familiar with in our comedy industry today. I mean, even like the Catskill Mountains, you know, those old corny guys. Right, right. My dad became one of those, but he actually started even so long before that. How old was your dad? <laughs> My dad started when he was a kid and he was born in 1920. Okay. So by the 30s, he was performing he on, was the, on road. the road. Right. Yeah. With his folks, I correct. assume. Yes. Or yes. was he? Orphan? No, with his folks. You're okay. Right. Absolutely yeah, yeah. correct. It was a show business thing. And then yeah, I got, yeah. I got fed into it too because my mom was a singer. Okay. And they met on the road and, uh, took me on the road when I was born with them. I was a cheap device for applause. That's sure, how I got sure. started. <laughs> and, uh, so, but what's funny is, is that our generation of comedians is now we were kidding earlier about uh, icing your knee and all that stuff. Like yeah, we're, yeah. we're no longer the kids anymore. We've been yep. doing this a long time. Sure. We remember, for the duration. We remember yep. when we were the kids. Yep. Sure do. <laughs> yeah, the I 80s still, are still there. I still feel like the kid. I go yeah. to the club inevitably. I'm the oldest person around now and right. I don't feel that way. I, no. I still feel like the guy no, who's ins- introducing me. Yeah, inside your inside your head you're still 17. Calling or him 11. Mr. or something. Yeah, exactly. And uh but my um so, but the comedians of our generation now, you know, we're looking for gigs and we're, we've become the Catskill comedians in some, de- to some degree. Yeah. It's happening anyway, or it's heading right. there. And so, uh, anyway, it's just kind of funny to me, but the, uh, the, the comedians from the East Coast, like back, cause remember, even before we met, what you was say, his we, name? we met in the nineties, Al Bernie. There we go. Al Bernie. <laughs> All right, so people want to look him up, go for it. It's actually Al, A-L, Bernie, B-E-R-N-I-E. But it's hard because of the, he just kind of missed the Google generation, so there's very little stuff. There right. is stuff. Yeah, but yeah. It's not, it's really, it doesn't represent the, you know, the scale and magnitude of his career and Cause all Because he, 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 if, if he was, uh, if, if he was a, like, it wasn't vaudeville and it wasn't Catskills, but he played both of those. No, or? he did. It was kind of the early, like the end of kind of vaudeville and stuff, and then okay. uh, to theater radio. He was big on radio in 1940 with Fred Allen and stuff. Okay, like that, which was you know the That's Ed Sullivan, or yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The Tonight Show, what would you call it now? The American Idol. I don't know. American Idol's canceled. What? There's nothing. There's nothing that big anymore. Right, right. Well, nothing. Yeah, nothing was the same after. I mean, Ed Sullivan was its own thing. Yeah, my for dad sure. was on Ed Sullivan many well, that's times amazing. as well. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, he was Did really Did you get respected. to meet Ed Sullivan? I didn't. I was, that was before my time. I guess right. Ed Sullivan was still going when I was born, really. But no, I never met Ed Sullivan that I yeah. remember. Yeah, I met Lucy. 
Oh, did you? Yeah. You met Lucille Ball? I did because they were friends because they had worked together. And of Lucille Ball was married to Gary Morton, who was like an old time, uh, after Ricky, of course, okay. uh, was an old time, uh, showbiz guy. I don't okay. know if he was a comic maybe at one point or, uh, definitely like a showbiz. Uh, show producer guy? Some the kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he was a comic. I don't know. Some of those guys were comics and then w- they became wanted, producers and things. I wanted her to marry Sheldon Leonard afterwards. I thought that would have been the greatest. Lucille Ball and Sheldon Leonard just hanging out. Anyway, I just remember Sheldon Leonard. He was on, uh, It's a Wonderful Life. He was like, oh, I'm giving out wings here. I'm giving out wings. He was a producer of the Dick Van Dyke show. Right. No, that's what I'm thinking. He's yeah. a producer, but I don't remember him on anything. Yeah, he played. He always played like a mob guy. Like oh, yeah? In It's a Wonderful Life, he played Nick the bartender right. who was handed out wings at... Uh, well, these guys are probably hour. friends with my dad. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure your dad knew. Like, he had to know Nick Schultz. Yeah. Uh, not Nick All Schultz. Those uh, All those guys Water. that came out and kind of made it big in, in showbiz. They yeah, moved yeah. out in the 50s and 60s. Did your dad the grow 70s. up here or did he? No, all East Coast stuff. All East Coast. Yeah. And but then he, moved he, moved, he came to Hollywood. He made a movie in the 30s. He made like an early movie. That's awesome. You know, where, where he does the voices of, uh, and he made a couple of early movies. One is, um, Oh, I'm blanking on the name now. It's terrible, but he does the voices of uh, the the uh, cartoon. It's a but it's a famous cartoonist. It's like you know one of those oh, okay. guys that did Disney films and things like that. Yeah, Went yeah. on to become a huge animation king or whatever. Yeah, it might even be Mac. Not even okay. I got a little wrong. Not animation king, just a movie king. Okay, Max Sennett. Okay, but it's a Max Sennett cartoon. Okay, okay, and it takes place in a barnyard, and all the animals are famous people. My dad did impersonations. Oh, okay. So he does the famous people. Your dad people. could do impressions. He was very good at impressions. Oh, that's really, awesome. Really, really good at it. He was super talented. In those days, you couldn't watch it on the VCR. You couldn't go and uh, the VCR. That's where yeah, I'm yeah. at. Right? You couldn't sure. uh, TiVo it and watch back nine hundred times until you got it right. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted to uh, do Jimmy yeah. Stewart. Yeah. And you couldn't watch Dana Carvey do it on Saturday Night Live. And just do it like him either. And just crib that. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So you'd have to crack the code. That's uh, Yep. The term? The term. All right. Uh, that the impressionists have. And uh, and you would have to go to the uh, movie theater. And in those days, you know, pay the nickel or whatever the hell it was. I don't really know my, my stuff. Everything <laughs> I say might be inaccurate. No movie worries. might have been 15 cents. I'm not sure. Right. What it cost during the Depression to go see a movie. Sure. I, it, everything should have been a nickel, but it wasn't. It, it'd sneak in and you'd stay all day. You could watch, you know, five showings or whatever. Right. And you'd uh, say movie over and over and right. over again. And then my, and my dad would like work on it in the back of the theater. You know? Okay. Like that was yeah, the yeah. couldn't do it anywhere else. Right, right. right yeah. Right, right, right. That makes, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. And then, so he, he So he did Fred Allen with Fred Allen, like in 1940. And that was prior to any of that, uh, Sarah Palin with Tina Fey or any of that stuff. You know, he was probably one of the first people to do yeah, something. Like Rich, famous. Rich Little would do like like Johnny his... Carson with Johnny Carson. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, that's... so this might have been one of the first times something like that even yeah, happened. That's because awesome. radio was yeah, <laughs> right, and it's, it's brand new. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's I awesome. Know. I knew it wasn't eighteen forty, but it was certainly uh, comedy and radio and that kind of thing was you know yeah at a tight. So that's cool. So what did he work until he died? Did yeah, he, yeah. Well, he had that he old school to... mentality, which that in the you comedy don't retire. you don't retire. That isn't even old school. That's yeah. every that's Jay Wendell Walker. I do you know Jay Wendell Walker? He's still going. He's still going. Seattle guy. He was on Ed Sullivan too. Really? In nine in when he was like nineteen. Really? And he's still he drives like a giant Cadillac. He's in his seventies. He does one nighters. <laughs> he does like triple runs. Yeah, well, I do those, so I don't. Uh, I do understand that, but I'm yeah. I'm hoping to get out by the time I'm seventy one. Exactly. But then I started. Don't we young. all. <laughs> I want to retire up north. That's well, thing. and but the well, it's it just. I mean, it's just you know, it's the wrestler. We all don't. Nobody wants to live the movie The Wrestler. Well, I have. I've already doing... lived it. So right now, and I want to. Yeah, wanna... you want to get out of it. <laughs> nobody wants to retire doing stand up like that. But Jay Wendell Walker has a great attitude about it. It's pretty. I mean, but there's not like Rickle still doing stand up, and everybody still does. Think about stand up. You can sit. Even Cosby, in between raping people, he's yeah, sitting. You can he's have your notes. You can pull jokes. out your notes. That's it. The guy's seventy-eight years old. Yeah, he's raping and doing comedy. He's the Vince Champ of, of, of I remember of Vince Champ. I remember. Sure. He wasn't charged. Uh, Cosby wasn't charged for anything. He can't be charged because statute of limitations. He can get away with anything. That's it. You can. You can first those sweaters. Now this. Now this. It's uh, it's crazy. I I'm doing a joke that uh, that uh, people. In Wisconsin aren't appreciating, which is that I'd rather vote for Bill Cosby for president than Scott Walker. Uh, just because, uh, 
He rapes people one at a time. Uh. Huh? Boom. Thanks for playing. Thanks for playing. Don't forget to write home, folks. Uh, Jackie at JackieCation.com if you want to complain about my poem. Well, Bill Cosby's really uh, ruining my game as a uh, former TV actor from an innocent 80s show on the road. <laughs> You're like, meeting are single you a women. nightmare? You are not a nightmare. I noticed you haven't even news. touched your drink since I've been here. And so, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> just, 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 just in case. Just in case. Just in case you slip me something. My husband will be home in an hour, sir. Good day. Good day, I said. So let's talk about this water technology that you wanted to talk about. Okay, okay. No more Cosby jokes. Okay, no, you got it. No, 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 it's all right. I'm good. And so what's the, what, what, no, what did I you get talk sucked into this. it? What did you get sucked into some sort of, no, no, wait, wait, wait. is, is it dousing? Sort of, no, wait, first of all. Did you buy a stick, a willow wand that shows where the water is? It's not marketing. It's not, what do they call that, level, multi-level marketing. Right, right, right. You are not that. I'm not a salesperson. No, you're not selling anything. No, well, I am though, but in a sense I'm selling something, but I'm not selling like a product. I'm selling kind of a method, an ideology. Mm-hmm. A philosophy, if you will. If I will. But it's more than that. It's scientific principles and it's steeped in history. And it would be honestly, I know you have people come on, you guys talk about all levels of uh, things from science fiction to minutia to very important world issues. I know you cover it all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Sneakers. But I dare say, and I, yes. with all respect, yes. this might be the first time someone's come on your show okay, and shared something like, you know, at the level of fire or the wheel. Right. That we are simply unaware of. And yet the guy who came on and had a Pez dispenser made out of Legos thought that he was <laughs> reinventing the wheel for me. Jason Klom, you listening? You out there, Jason? Just kidding. Everyone thinks their thing is the <laughs> right, big thing. Right, right. And, but the thing is, is water is very important. All I remember is back in the 90s, was it the 90s? No, whatever. Uh, I think it was the 80s. Is you when know we're HW, getting old when you mesh the decades together. Oh, my God. Here. And so when HW was investing, I found that the like the Bush family was investing in water rights in South America. And I was like, what do they know that we don't know? And uh, it turns out they know a lot of things that we don't know because uh, of the Illuminati. But there's nothing to be done. So I'm just going to plug along and uh, <laughs> drive my 10-year-old car and, and keep moving. Anyway, but uh, what what is the water the water thing, the water technology that I'm aware of. That and, you and, want, yes. And it would be the equivalent of somebody saying, it's like fire. You can cook with it. You can eat with it. You know, you can heat with it. But you got to know what it is. You got to know how to do it. You got to know how to make one. That's what this is like. This is something that's proven and studied. Uh, it's the ability to grow anything at all with no paid for water. So you can grow fruits, vegetables, lawns, gardens, parks, golf courses. This is trees. a this is a water technology where you don't pay for water, but you don't you have to pay have for water. any water. But you have water year round, even during a drought, even in the dry summer months, even in Central California, even even right. in Nevada, okay. even in the desert, even in the Middle East. And it's proven. It's not something. Oh, it might work. Let's try it. It's something that's scientifically studied and proven. There's Does it have installations. a name? Is it Alberni? <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of it, Mark Price? <laughs> it's a combination of two okay. technologies. One is sand hydroponics. I'll start okay. with that one. Sand hydroponics. Okay. And this is where you grow anything at all in sand. Who knew you could use sand as the growing medium? So there's no soil. Okay. There's no tractors for agriculture. It totally, it's a different way to do it. It's just different. Okay. okay. You're growing in sand. Okay. And that uses 75% less water than any known growing technique. Like, well, that's cool. It's less than drip irrigation and all that kind of thing. Like yeah, conservative yeah. methods that we're aware of. This uses. Do you have to go where there is sand? No, you can import sand, but there's sand nearby pretty much everywhere at this point that's usable. It can't just use any sand. Right. But many sands work, and there are the proper sands available somewhere near your populated location. Okay. Assuming you're not out in the middle of nowhere, which case you could then, you know, you truck it in or something. Right, right. Okay. You know, but assuming you're, you know, anywhere. So, so. Not regular soil or loam or, or. No soil sort of. Dirt. Sand, how is, do you have any idea how sand is different than soil? What is sand versus soil? Right. Well, it enables you to use the system because each molecule of sand is like a mini boulder. It's imperfect. It's not perfect little spheres, right? And that imperfectness. But isn't dirt a tiny little boulder? Right. But it's different. It compacts in a way that doesn't let air in and out like this does. Okay. So that's why this works well. the, The way sand was created by the earth. Correct. Uh, is just a different texture. Correct. And one of the things and it, it allows, allows okay. is capillary rise. Okay. So that's a scientific principle. Yeah. When you introduce water at the bottom of sand, it yeah. wicks up on its own. 
Okay. And there's so, demonstrations of this and stuff online if you want to Google it and see what it is. And a oh, lot of people know it because oh, they sure went to school. Yeah. I didn't pay attention. I never, I played hooky. I've school. never heard of uh, anything capillary like rice. It. So you, when you the introduce, water you do use, uh, you put it on the bottom it's and it's sub-irrigation rises. system, correct. So when okay. you release water at the bottom of sand, it raises up on its own and allows the plants to meet it and the roots of the plants can meet the water and then take what it needs. No more and no less. There's no waste. Okay. Right now, when we water plants the way we do, let's say with a hose or a sprinkler or something like that. Yeah. Half uh, of it gets you, evaporated into the... Beyond half of it. Yeah. You have no idea how little of it actually goes to feed the plants versus how much of it is completely wasted. Okay. More yeah, yeah. than anybody recognizes. Right, right. And so this is just a very efficient system. Right. So it starts with it uses 75% less water. Okay. Okay. Now when you combine that with rainwater harvesting... Okay, which is, which when is you the other thing, collect- sand hydroponics and rainwater harvesting. Correct, and that's when you collect the rainwater when it rains, which yeah, intuitively yeah. we all know makes sense. Right now yeah, we yeah. shun the water, we shed it off, mm-hmm. we send it in California to the ocean in right. a series of, uh, you know, the California, the uh, Los sewers. Angeles River system, right. And it comes polluted and you can't even go surfing two days after a rain event because it's uh, gross. I just had two surfers on, they do anyway. All right, cause, but it's gross. But it is gross. Okay, and it, <laughs> it's, and, oh, it's gross. And frankly, there's they ways to clean that water and yeah. then there's better ways to not even have that water ever enter the ocean. There's no reason for that water to enter the ocean. That water should be used for irrigation. Right, right. That makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. And so that's what this whole system is about is like reimagining uh, the whole rainwater philosophy. We like to say turn the umbrella upside down. Now, who's we? Okay. So we is, I didn't, like, I'm not the Tesla of this thing. I didn't okay. figure this out. I yeah, mean, yeah. I'm not the guy. I'm really not all that smart. But I'm smart enough to... Uh, I just called myself smart. I've always felt that smart people never refer to themselves as smart. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I, you're as, good. You're I good. associate yeah. on this project, I have associated with many really uh, top uh, caliber uh, people, credentialed yeah, yeah. people, really, yeah, like really smart people. Yeah, like scientists and, 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 People who experts, know water experts, right? Yeah. And so I believe the information I'm giving you is true and you can back it. You know, any, I challenge any of your listeners to question yeah, yeah. anything. I would love an email. Oh, you made a mistake. It's actually this much. Yeah. Find them on right. Facebook and, or ping them on, uh, right, up, right to you. Go right now. to Jackie with all your complaints about me. You can. No, no, it's I'm a, telling you because I know this works. Ross Whitman I've, will send me help. I've not only vetted it with experts, but yes. I've personally vetted it by tasting the tomatoes that you can grow with it by walking on the lawn of the house that's been using it for over 10 years with no water bills. Okay. You see what I'm saying? And uh, there's parks and things like that that I've been to and schools and I've talked to the people who do the maintenance but and here, people that own it. in Los Angeles? Yeah, there's in Los Angeles. There's two... Because there hasn't been enough rain in the last three years to gather it. Okay. So that's a common misconception right there. This is one of the reasons why I'm on the air today. This is why this is so important for okay. me to tell you that in California, they get 10 inches roughly average a year, the whole state as a state. Okay. At the least of the lowest, driest places, which we're not, by the way, but nope. the driest places are getting four to six inches. Okay. It's like four inches is really like the least amount that I've heard yet of like Bakersfield or somewhere crazy where it's really dry. Okay. Okay. Now, that's enough rain. If you save it and then use it conservatively, a la sand hydroponics that uses Right. 75% less. Well, how do you grow? Okay. So if that's enough water, if you save it when it does rain to store it, if you store it underground, for instance, where Mm -hmm. it stays at a safe temperature. Right. And doesn't evaporate. Temperature doesn't evaporate. Exactly. Um, that's enough to get you going, to keep you going year round. It's all a mathematical equation. It's how much area do you want to grow on? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much water will you need to grow in that area year round? Yep. Okay. How little might it rain? Right. And then how much rain do you need to collect in case it rains that little? Okay. And then you will be covered for the year no matter what. Okay. Are you doing this? Okay. So I'm personally uh, the spokesperson for it. I would like to do it. I have not done it yet. I'm looking to do it. I'm looking to be one of the first people to do it. I'm looking to how, show how people. Long, but there's how people long have that you have been talking it. to these guys <clears throat> about it? I met them years ago, and I did what many of your listeners are going to do, and perhaps maybe you will do, Jackie. Maybe. And it's okay because I did it, so I don't hold it against anybody who does right. this. And that is I heard about it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fascinating. Sure. I asked questions. Sure. I went, this is cool. We were skiing. Okay. And I came back to it a lot. We would get back on the lift again. I'd be like, well, how exactly does the water uh, get to the plants, and what happens to the water after it hits the plants? Does it go back in the tank, and can it escape, and how does it work? And blah, blah, blah. I had all these questions and stuff. But at the end of the trip, we had a great time. We Excellent. Ski- we skied our, our asses off. All right. But 
at the end of the trip, it was like, all right, hey, have a great one. I wish you well with this project, you know. Oh, and that was it. That was it. And I moved on with my life. Was it downhill skiing? Oh, yeah, up in Tahoe, okay. the best. Okay. We're I've... looking out over the lake. It's gorgeous. All right. I've never, I, I these, don't accelerate well. These so guys I don't that came up with it, the Teslas feet. of all this. Yes. And they're the Teslas in part because they simply figured it out that it came from throughout history and that it works and they studied it and they understood how it works. Mm-hmm. And so part mm-hmm. of it is just sort of, sort of the rediscovering of it. Is anyone doing it here? Because I just drove over Coldwater Canyon, which becomes Beverly Glen, and I saw a lot of very green grass uh, lawns, and I want to somehow drought shame them. I want to go, dudes, uh, it's hardly the thing that's needed at this point, is you having a green grass lawn. That's another issue here, too, which I'm willing to – I think this is the platform for this. This is the forum right here. And that other issue is – that everybody is being financially incentivized to remove their lawns. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not being financially reimbursed at all. Uh, I'm I'm being uh, emotionally probably blackmailed uh, to remove my lawn. But only, that's also because I'm also super lazy. Okay, but I want to tell you something. If everybody removes their south-facing lawns, that is a well-intentioned mistake. Okay. And this is another thing that I'm out there promoting and letting people know about this. Okay. That when you take out your south face lawn, you're creating your house to heat up. Okay. That lawn, there's a, another scientific principle. Again, never paid class, never paid attention to class. But, but somebody you, told you a you, thing and now you're going to tell me. I've Go researched it. I've researched it. Okay. okay? So then you there did learn There are studies it. that prove okay. this. I really, okay. I have, I didn't in school, but then in the last year I've researched okay. it. Okay. And you guys can check What's your source? Google it and all that stuff. What's your source? Uh, there's something called the heat. I'll send you an article about it. <laughs> you Sorry. don't have a source there's handy. something called the heat, heat <laughs> transfer. Enough. Okay. Transfer. Yeah. Basically, if you have a lawn and trees, trees certainly they shade your house. That's more obvious. But even a lawn, yeah. it sucks up some of the heat of the sun. Sure. Especially on the south-facing portion of your house. Okay. So zeroscaping, not a bad idea entirely. You know what I mean? To get rid of lawns and other parts of your house, etc. The west side of our house is the one that gets super hot. Like this side, which is why we put a trellis and we're going to... Put a uh, bougainvillea, or we tried to do a uh, grapevine. Well, there might be take. exceptions, and yours might get hotter on the west side for location reasons or whatever. But generally, yeah. it's the south side okay. that you want to keep a little lawn. You don't want to get rid of your entire lawn there because if you do, and the house gets hotter, and then it gets ten degrees hotter, right, and right. you turn on your air conditioning, that uses more water. People don't realize, but if you're using electricity, you're using water. In the end, it could use more water than it was saving to get okay. rid of your lawn. So, what is there? But are there people in Los Angeles using yeah. this? Have you okay. seen it? So. Oh, yes. I've seen it and I've walked on it and I'll give you some examples of it right now. But I'll tell you this. Most everyone I tell about it, most everyone, including experts and things, are not familiar with it. They've heard something about it in Israel or the Middle East because it's big in like Dubai and stuff like that. Okay. And so they've heard about it maybe a little, but people are not familiar with this, even though installations exist. Okay. Uh, so but, it's an installation. You've well, got I, in- I call it an installation. You know, basically the it exists. However you want to put it, in the form of houses, golf courses, lawns, no, no. stadium fields, but you have, but schools. You, you have to do something. You have to put it in. You have right. to install you it. You have to. It's an installation. Right. But what are you installing? Okay. So what you're installing is, so let's say uh, it works for agriculture, and that's very important to me. We can go to that because I'm interested in bringing healthy fruits and vegetables to anyone in the world that can't afford it or can't have it because of drought. And there's that huge aspect of this that really propels me to be a part of this. Like that's the big win. You know, people's Lawns and stuff. Okay, great. But Americans, we love our lawns and we can have them. And there's no reason to uh, burden our uh, underground aquifers, which are drying up, people digging deeper wells. That water is going to get compromised. We'll no longer have it. They've learned that in the Middle East. We won't even be able to dig and use water from underground anymore if we just keep digging deeper wells. Okay, the snowpacks and the mega dams, well-intentioned at the time. Nobody knew any other options, but I don't think we should replicate that again, moving the Colorado River towards us and pipelining water from another state where they have floods. Not necessary. Okay, so the way that this works is it starts with a water philosophy, a water management philosophy, a stormwater or rainwater management philosophy, you could call it. Okay, when it rains, we're going to collect the rain for our own irrigation needs. Okay, and imagine now uh, when I say we, I don't mean we as a whole, the old fashioned way with giant public reservoirs, et cetera. I mean, as individuals or individual corporations or individuals of any kind. Dude who has a, a house. Right. You've, you've been to a house 
in correct in Santa in Monica California. in Santa there, Monica. Yeah, yeah, it's been there for over ten years, like literally, okay. like mega maybe over eleven years. The house has been there longer, but the, right. his front yard, his backyard, and two gardens are completely green. Yeah. No paid for water. No water bills for his irrigation. He right. pays water inside the house for showers sure. and stuff. But it works from rainwater. Mm-hmm. And in the case of this guy, he uses his gray water as well from his bathtub and stuff. Now define gray water. I, I've heard of it. I just, I've never been able to figure out it's old bath water. Gray water is just all the water that we use from our sinks and our, not the toilet. Okay. That's yeah, called yeah. black water. It's okay. the toilet. Okay. Right, right. Cause that's got waste in it. Correct. So it's different. Yeah. But gray water has kind of waste in it as well from after your shower and stuff like that. Yeah. But no problem for your lawn. And in this system, and it's important to note, if you were sprinklering that water, yeah. there's potential for danger. Oh, because it might human uh, contact, etc. Things okay. like that. But in this case, it's a sub irrigation system. There's no human contact with the gray water. So does he have set up in his in his yard, front yard and backyard, yeah. sort of um not a sprinkler system, but something like that where it's under the uh, under the under the earth. There's a tank underground. Oh, he's got a tank that he dug Keeps... and like a sort of a basement situation. But well, no, it's under the ground. Tank. It's just under the dirt. It's no basement, right? You would just dig. You, you know, if you dig a tank just ten you feet underground, yeah, you dig you a put hole, a tank in you there. Put a tank there, right? It's, and if, it doesn't have to be very deep. It doesn't have to be it. very deep. Okay. In order to stay at a cave-like temperature. Okay. And this will come into play later. That cool temperature. Okay. Right. Right. So, but yeah, you put the tank underground. You don't have to. It can be above ground. There's different ways to do it. Each property, if it's a golf course, if it's a house, if it's a lawn, if it's a little house, a big house, different properties, different a hillside. So it's always different, okay? okay? There's different ways to do this. There's above ground tanks and everything too. But I'm giving you sort of the overview of how I am suggesting a new vision for how we handle water philosophy. And I'm fascinated by this specific guy. All right, like so this, this guy, yeah, this he has was, the tank yeah. underground because yeah, yeah. this one works, and you can yeah. I invite everybody to go visit. And, well, well, yeah, I, don't I just know if feel like that. But, well, no, you can't okay. possibly. Like but that. no, no, but you can drive by and kind of just look and see. I mean, basically, uh, if the tank is underground, and when it rains, uh, water goes into that tank through the roof of his house. Okay. Also through the growing area itself. While the sand is no different than dirt lawn, when you have a sand lawn or a sand garden, it doesn't appear or feel any different. Like when you walk on it, it doesn't feel like the beach. Right. People imagine weird things yeah, with yeah. sand. You know, yeah, yeah, it's just like your it's just like your lawn. They play okay. soccer on it and stuff. Yeah. The PGA has approved it for golf courses. They think it's even better than their top course. Sure. It's like, you know, it's got the, it feels just like regular grass and stuff. Right. But it behaves differently mm-hmm. because of those little, it, cause it's not like clay and doesn't compact like the soil does. The water can the, rise. The, and also the opposite. Gravity can take effect. So when it rains, in addition to collecting water on the roof of the house, right. the lawn itself, the gardens itself, anything you're growing, the crops, the trees, whatever you're growing, you Using the system, the growing area acts as like a giant sponge. So it sucks it, it collects back the into water the, into the underground tank. Into the tank. Right. So okay. it uses two scientific principles. Capillary rise, where you introduce the water at the bottom of the sand and it, it wicks up to meet mm-hmm. the roots. Yeah, yeah. And two, gravity, when it rains... Any water can be, with gravity, either introduced into the tank through the roof of a house or some other collection method above the ground. Right. Or the growing area itself uses gravity, and the water will go through the sand with gravity and make its way to the underground tank. Okay. And this is good now. So And so that's what he's got. He's got essentially uh, collectors on his roof and collectors in the on the, on the land itself. Correct. As well as his gray water. And the gray water gets sort of pumped out of the... Wherever it would go normally into the sewer or whatever, it now goes into this tank. Into that tank. Correct. Same tank? Same tank. One tank. Okay, one tank. You could put... You don't have to do it with one tank. You could you have could... tons of tanks. You could have a giant tank. You could have lots of little tanks. There's all you different ways to do it. You could have a gray water tank. You could have a... No, there's a, no reason to that. There's no reason tank? to. There's no reason to okay. separate them like that because ultimately you're using 75% lost water with sand hydroponics no matter what your source. You could fill it with Perrier water. You know, the whole idea is you could fill it with city water and just use, you know, 75% less. Yeah. But why? Why pay for water when you don't need to and you can collect our natural resources? And in doing so, you're not hurting the planet. You know, there are some places where there are laws against collecting rainwater. Did you know that? No. In Colorado, in Oregon, and possibly, I'm not sure, but there's some uh, drama about it in Florida and other places. Right. But certainly Colorado and Oregon. Right now, it's technically against the law to collect your rainwater. Why? Well, it's not based on any science. Uh, part of it has to do with a lot of laws are passed by, you know, the powers that be that sure. want to control things and keep you paying for water and keep things the way they are. Right, right. But, and but also it might they, be, they it might be a misconception a... too that people think that, okay, if everyone's collecting the rainwater, then we're not going to help the water get to the underground aquifers and ha- we're going to f- keep nature's 
from taking place. It'll be water hoarding or, or something? something or like that. that but okay. we're not talking about tapping into rivers or stealing water from any, you know, public sources or things like that. I'm talking now about just collecting water, like for instance, from the roof of your house. Yeah. When you do that, yeah. it's absolutely the best thing for the planet. There's no question about it. It's what allows those other resources to recharge. Yeah. If you use that water for irrigation, you're not keeping that water from getting to something more beneficial to the planet. In fact, you're helping be beneficial to the planet by leaving those underground aquifers alone. Yeah, yeah. Right. If, you, if you're not touching those aquifers, they right. they can get it through the natural. It can like take inside. up. A, it can take up to a hundred years for rainwater to meet an underground aquifer, and yeah. we're emptying them out. And the example that they give is an ATM card, and we're just going to that account, and it's we're, it's getting oh, yeah, low, yeah. and we're just ready to just take it until it's completely empty, and then what's going to happen? We're yeah. going to, you know. Well, because of the the science on the refilling of the aquifers, because it happens under the soil, to my knowledge, like my my information on this science is is sketchy at best, of course, but it's it's done through a series of the aquifers come from like underground rivers, like they're not rivers that they don't really come from the all the rainwater, the rainwater. It doesn't like it isn't like a, a a tap. It's not going down a drain into an aquifer. From what I understand, it's, all fresh water comes from rainwater at some point. Yes, but uh, you know what somebody should do is just check all her facts. I wish we had like the presidential debates, like a team of people who could go back and just just no, p- issue a little. They're not rep- checking any of the facts. <laughs> <laughs> That's not. I just would like a little hearsay. a little email after the interview with the like exact measurements of everything. You know, Todd. <laughs> yeah, get on that, Todd Mason. If you could just send us something, that'd be. Mark great. said the average amount of rain is ten inches a year in California. It's actually 11.2 right? or or whatever. And and do you need four inches of rain per acre? What do you need per acre to grow crops? Like if you want to grow uh, Monsanto corn syrup, uh, a lot of it. Just well, hopefully not. I mean, that's the other thing with this. You know, you could yeah. use uh, you can do completely organic. You can do you can grow using yeah. fertilizers or nutrients we, of any kind. War. We got a victory garden out back. It's almost done. You can come out and see it. I look it's forward nice. to that. Sure. Yeah. And uh, but the uh, yeah. So we. The, the, um, but I, I don't know how much water is needed per, you know, this, this whole lot is whatever. Like we have a very small house on a pretty like big Like I know, I know land. enough. Here's like, I get to, I go yeah. to the experts to get specifics when people ask me, you know, about this place and that winery, you know, how right, right. it work and everything. But I know enough now where I can answer a lot of things. So I can know from your house, from just walking in here, that every bit of your irrigation needs yeah. can be handled from your roof. Let right. alone, let alone if you added gray water, you'd be sitting pretty. Right. You right. would never have to pay for any irrigation for this property. Right, which we don't anyway. Okay. So, but, uh, <laughs> How does not, that work? It's, not, rent, it's a rental and, uh, it's, well, no, we don't have any, I, we, yeah, our water bill is, is, is minute? Pr- pretty small. Yeah, we don't, I mean, you, when you see the, Andy's out there with a bucket and like a, like a dipper, like watering each of our plants, like a crazy man. Okay. Anyway, but I, I love the idea of, of using the gray water. I love the idea of, of collecting rainwater. And it, condensation water is another thing too. For instance, these guys have taken this core technology, which right. is already used in crops and, Who you are know. these guys? Okay. So they're out of Reno, Nevada. That's why I met them up in Tahoe. Okay. And it's a father and son team. And the, so the father is really the Tesla of the organization because okay. he's the guy who figured it out. He comes from a long background in the public, uh, health department in New York City. Okay. And he, um, he sort of had that aha moment or whatever where he realized, hey, and he started researching and figuring it out and putting it together and testing it and stuff. And this is many years ago. And his son has grown up around it. So his son knows it like, you know, the back of his hand. And his son is even a little better at communicating it. Are either of these guys ag scientists? The dad is. Okay. Totally. Yeah. And the son is like, uh, partial. <laughs> right, right. The, the son is an apprentice situation. Yes. No worries. No worries. Just checking. <laughs> and, but the son can really communicate it even better than the dad, even better than me. His son is just the best person on the planet right now to communicate this and sort of get the message across. And he know, and they all, they know their stuff and they're not afraid to get their hands they dirty either. They say the name of the company. Okay, yeah. No problem. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it's ECS, which okay. stands for Evaporative Control Systems. ECS-green.com. Okay. So they can go check this out at ECS-green.com. Right, which I'll put in the notes. And, and then uh, we're working on a new Indiegogo campaign right now. Okay. Because that's the new thing, right? Podcasts 
very, very six years ago. Sure. Okay. Nine, 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 in nine my years case. ago. Okay. So okay. It's, uh, <laughs> well, you yeah, were ahead of the curve. You were ahead I'm of the curve. Ground floor of the podcasting industry, you guys. <laughs> you started, you started it. I, I'm coming in, I can jump in late on everything. It's so yours. I haven't even done the podcast yet. And so, I, I, I skipped that and I moved right to just like late, Indiegogo? late, late entry crowdfunding. Not even Kickstarter. Not even Kickstarter. Right to Indiegogo. Right to Indiegogo. Uh, so, so they're trying to raise money. We haven't opened it yet, but it's going to okay. launch soon. And it's for their latest invention, if you will, which takes this core technology and it optimizes it into a 12 by 15 greenhouse. And what's cool about the greenhouse is that it collects the water from the roof. Okay. It uh, creates and stores up to 10 more, perhaps more. They estimated 10 gallons of condensation water each day. Okay. So it's like a water machine. Just imagine 10 gallons of water each day just yeah, yeah. created and stored. Yeah. Well, that's why I thought that two different tanks, one for gray water and one for rainwater, would work just because um, if you needed to drink the water. Well, drinking water, that's a whole other conversation. And there's okay. filters involved, and you could get involved in that. But none of the stuff that I'm working on is this about is drinking water. This is all stuff. Okay. It's all about uh, agriculture, but also about... Uh, just, uh, I guess, I guess people's lawns is agriculture and yeah. to some degree. Yeah, yeah. It's, but basically, I- I- yeah, irrigation for uh, growing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so ecs-green.com is their website and they've got, uh, ecs-green.com and they give examples and pictures and stories and there's a lot of, uh, and, and, links and things to explain it, the, how it works, how sand hydroponics works and, and, and what they've done is what they, they've come up with a better mousetrap. So okay. that's why, you know, if people are worried about products and endorsements and things, I go, just talk about rain, you know, water harvesting and sand hydroponics because that's yeah. like fire. Nobody owns that. Right, right. But what they do own, what they did was, is they figured out that a French drain, which is a pipe that has holes in it. Okay. If you use that underground to feed the what water. What the French do to get better? I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, so. I wonder what the history is on that. Right, right. Go for it. Uh-huh. A... <laughs> My pipe is clogged. Mm-hmm. Bam. Why is there a hole in it? Why does that make it French? Anyway, so, but the, but the, talk to me. The series of holes in it, but it clogs. Okay. And so what he came up with is a very simple invention. Most great inventions are. Sure. It's one of those things. Yeah, yeah, one of those, like an engineering. It's a chamber. It's a chamber and it has little offset holes on the side. Yes. Two little offset holes. And just the way that they're angled, the water can come and go and it doesn't clog with sand. Okay, just a, just a fluting mechanism essentially, so that it it works better. Correct. Okay, and that's what it makes this you know so incredible in terms of the seventy uh, percent or seventy five percent less water, I mean, etc. I, I like the idea of the sand hydroponics and rainwater harvesting. It's like an engineer's revolution, you know, because I mean, there's like there's so many there's so many ways that that people try to control. Uh, just you know that you can buy land. You can buy, you can buy water rights, you can buy all these things, but everybody needs all of those things. And the fact that we sell all of those things and, and somebody owns the rights to all the water in South Africa. I went to college with this woman whose dad, uh, owned all the rights to this one county in South Africa. Well, I, nobody should and, own our, our rainwater. Nobody we should, should all be responsible. Rights. Imagine a different philosophy. We're mm-hmm. all responsible for our own, let's call them mini reservoirs. And whether you're a house and whether you're a mansion, whether you're a golf course or yeah. a small farmer or a big farmer, you've got yeah, hundreds yeah. of acres. Yep. You're responsible for capturing and storing the irrigation water that you need. Imagine right. and, that. Right. And, and for Americans, you, uh, the way to sell it is to say you don't have to buy water from the city. No uh, more paid for water. <laughs> right. Cause right. that's what everybody cares about. And it's amazing how many farmers in the driest cities in the country, uh, in California, the driest cities, um, don't even want to hear about this. It's amazing how many newspapers resist. It's a combination of it spooks people because mm-hmm. it's just so different. It's like Tesla saying there's wireless technology in 1926. Yeah, people yeah. just, aren't ready for like something that massively different. Yeah. And I think that the fact that I'm the guy presenting the information, it's just bizarre. <laughs> oh, do you think there's a credibility issue? Definitely when think what there's... What is Mark Price? <laughs> what is he on? <laughs> what does Mark Price know? Well, he was given information. He's just trying to pass it on. And um, I guess I, I can't explain why I have, um, you know, so much uh, work ahead of me to get this to the populace and get it working. Right. But there are examples of it. I gave you the one in Santa Monica, house yep. over 10 years. There's a park on La Cienega. That's set up to use irrigation water only, um, I'm sorry, to use the, um, you know, water from a creek that's heading towards the ocean. 
Okay. I think it's called Bologna Creek or something like that. Oh, it's, it's a sort of a waste creek? Yeah, it's, it's like a, one of those, uh, LA river channels. Yeah, yeah. You know, cement channel that heads to the a ocean. A cement channel that is full of essentially wastewater. Right. And uh, it's but a creek. not from, okay. But, but from the, uh, from storms and, yeah. and sewers and things, you know, cause it gets dirty. Well, we got the Pacoima wash behind us. Okay. It's a, uh, it's pretty glamorous waterfront property here. All right. Well, uh, all that water could be used to irrigate. So there's one example of it. This park is on La Cienega. <laughs> it takes the water from yeah. when it does rain. Yeah. See, that's the thing. You can take the water when it does rain. Yes, it's dry a lot, but when it does rain, there's water in it. Right. And that's when we let it, we send it to the ocean. Yep. And yep. so that's the whole point. We know it's dry a lot of the year in California during a drought. We understand. Yep. But think about it. Am I wrong when it rains? Doesn't it rain a shit ton? From the sky. But it do you comes... remember how much it rained when it rained earlier in the year when it was raining? Do you it remember how nuts it was? Misting. No, no, was, come on now. You it's... don't remember the serious rains we had here in California. I might have been on the road. Okay. All so, right. you didn't I, see it on TV I wasn't, I wasn't home when, cause the thing is, 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 uh, in Vegas, it floods. Have you ever worked Vegas while it's flooding? No, I haven't. I have actually. It's so weird. The strip floods. Because they, 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 they get like every year. The strip it floods. It used to rain, and then we'd lose a couple of mansions, and then they, I'd be like, well, it's worth it. We need the water, and uh, they're insured, and uh, so. Yeah. But it hasn't. The schools done are better in the new neighborhood they slide into, <laughs> exactly. so they're okay. And so hopefully they have like a re- they all the things that they have in their house that they value. They have them in like a storage unit in Pasadena, and they just they re- they use replicas in the actual mansion. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so they just slides away. They rebuild. They Everything wrapped with plastic. They just it's, unwrap it when yeah, it gets wet. It's no just problem. a new one. And uh, but the but I haven't seen it. But I mean, I do know that it rains. And when it rains, it rains enough. It rains to collect enough. it and store it. Yeah. And it's just a mathematical equation. How much are you going to collect? And you know. And the point is, it's not undoable. It's not like you have to collect massive amounts. That's unrealistic. Andy, Andy put buckets underneath the the the, the gutter. Yeah. The gutters this yeah, year. Yeah. And we just used it for the for the. For the that's, garden this year. That's basically the principle. That if is, you store yeah. that water properly, it won't evaporate. Right. If you keep it moving, it stays safe. It doesn't get bacteria. It doesn't create like uh, mosquitoes and things oh, you like that. Keep it moving. Well, you know, it technically um, this like, system does, but uh, there there are issues with bacteria and things like that. But I don't know all the details of it. Right. I am encouraging people to rainwater harvest any which way. They don't have to use this system. Right. It just makes sense to yeah. save the water when it rains and then right. use when it to irrigate. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It makes more sense right. than right. it just going into the ocean and right. becoming salt water. Then you got to desalinate. In fact, there's laws now. You have to, in California, you have to keep water on the property after a rain event for a certain amount of time. They're catching on that it's, that it's too much to overload the system and send it all away right away. Yeah. So it's like, as long as you're keeping it, that's where the system plays in as well. You might as well use it to irrigate. You might as well keep it even longer. Right, right. Okay. Well, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of it. It would be, but it is weird to me to drive through the, you know, the five and the central and all you see are these, central California has all these signs up that says, you know, where water flows, jobs grow, or I mean, yeah, they, they have yeah, like yeah. these different things. Food and grows where water goes or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Food grows where water goes or something like that. Flows. And I, then, yeah. yeah. Tell the Senate. Yeah. Screw it, them. You know, there's right, all the right, sides. Right. Right. Politicians <laughs> have created this drought. Right. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting because my in-laws live, uh, in a little town called Lindsay, which is, uh, olives and oranges. And I think um, I know Lindsay. Yeah, it's just a, it's a dirtbag little meth town in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, so. I, I go through the, cause I, you know, I'm big into like going to the sequoias and I go up into the mountains and all this well, stuff. Well, it's often 99 and 65. I'm telling you, I go, I go through Lindsay sometimes on one of my, on one of my journeys and, uh, it's steal oranges. I steal oranges from somebody and. Sure. They have, uh, there's, there's an, there's a great orange cafe that's never open on the weekends. It's very irritating to me because we visit them on the weekends and then, uh, I'm like, I want an orange shake, which is oranges. And we have an orange tree and we have a lemon tree, uh, which is, I'm from Wisconsin, so they're amazing. The, the fact that there is a citrus tree in my backyard is one of the greatest inventions, uh, of Los Angeles life. I mean, it's I, one of the appeals of moving out here. It's no one doubt. of the, for sure. It's just, uh, it's amazing. Okay. So, well, we're, we're at like 50 minutes. So, Great. so we're doing good. good. We're doing good. real good. I'm let's, rocking and rolling. Let's, t- let's talk about your, uh, upcoming tour here. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go do a bunch of stuff. Okay. So I love, uh, now, okay. September. You and I, we've watched the comedy economy change. Nine times. Okay. It's changing okay. every okay. time I turn okay. around. Okay. Every that's time true. I send true. out an email. That's true. And my dad. Wait, is it changing for you? Oh yeah. But my okay. dad, my dad showed uh, me that that's what happens because he was there since radio and into Ed Sullivan and Catskills and comedy clubs. My dad was there for comedy clubs. 
He and I played at the improv and stuff. We were on evening at the improv together, by the way. That's adorable. Yeah, we yes. sang, a, sang a song and everything. It was That's cool. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. I'm um, really glad to have gotten to do that. But one of the, th- you know, he gave me a good head of hair. He didn't leave me a lot of money. Sure. But he gave me great relationships with, you know, being able to watch all the greats when I was growing up. Everybody from the old timers like George Burns and Milton Berle and Don Rickles and mm-hmm, all those guys mm-hmm. and Joey Bishop. And not just watch them, but like hang out backstage and stuff. And, That's you know, neat. Pitch yeah. Milton Berle jokes and things. Sure. He would have taken them anyway. And I'm he did. Told. He did. Yes. And, why and uh, <laughs> but, but basically, uh, but also the, at those, at that time in the seventies in New York state in the Catskills, right. uh, the young kids were, uh, you know, David Brenner and Jay Leno. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Robert Klein. Yeah. And I got to see all them as well. Right, right. So, did you get see like Lenny Bruce and? Well, my dad was friends with Lenny Bruce. I never saw Lenny Bruce. Okay. But they were actually they uh, friends beyond just knew each other. They okay. were friends. They wrote together. Okay. They wrote together. You know, Lenny was a suit and tie Catskill comic at one point before he broke out. And That's became right. Chris. And as was Carlin. Yeah. And I had a, I had a, uh, a, you know, I lost it when I was young. I'm so stupid. I've lost a lot of great things. But I had a written, uh, you know, a bit that they worked on together, and Lenny had sent it to my dad, and he had a. Um, like a stenographer or somebody, uh, an assistant, you know, yeah. and he says, I have a, a lovely girl helping me, you know, type this letter. Right. She was probably 50. So please forgive yeah. me. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm keeping it clean was the essence of it. I don't remember yeah, the yeah. exact words, you know, but I remember the, the joke with him was, I'll, I'll send you a, a, an entire page of curse words under a separate cover. Fair enough. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, so, but he got, he saw a comedy change. That was the point we were making here as we have now seen it. And he prepared me for that. So I it was never a shock to me that comedy clubs would change and that, oh, okay. you know, everything would change, you know, but it did. Everything, everything does change. And there's nothing a, you can do about it. And you know what? It still was a shock. It's still a shock. Is it still a shock? <laughs> it's still a shock. Shocked? Even though I know about you, it way ahead sad? of the curve, way ahead of the curve. <laughs> are you sad? I'm happy that it changes. <laughs> I'm happy that it changed, but now the biggest change is they used to have to, if they wanted the comedian in uh, Wisconsin. Yep. They had to fly one in and put one up. Yep. And now they just have to put it on Facebook. They want a comedian and there's 900 of them that'll do it for $200 and we'll drive 14 hours. Now that, yes, I am right. Because of the internet, uh, the, and the, the amount of comics. Well, and the, there were, there were, uh, any number of shitty comics in the early nineties. Like okay, remember that last year? I'm going back to the eighties here. I'm going back right. to a time when you were, if they needed you in Kansas City. They flew you into Kansas City and put right. you up. There okay. was nobody else. Right. But there was, I mean, but the, supposedly that boom of 87 to 92. Yeah. Cause that's when I started in, I count the eighties as one year. It'll be fine. And, but in like 87 to 92, there was, you know, I would hear these stories about these guys who would make so much money. And I was like, that's not, I mean, there were so many shitty comics. Cause there are always shitty comics, right? I mean, there's always, uh, I, was probably, every... I was probably one of those guys making all that money, by the way. I was doing pretty good. You were doing just fine in yeah, that, in that yeah, first yeah, boom, yeah, in that yeah, first big yeah. comedy boom. Family Test well, was huge. I was milking right. a television show. Why? Please do. Please do. <laughs> I'm glad you bought land. And, uh, so, but the thing is, is like the, the, but the, the weird thing is, is with, cause remember in the, in the, in the, in the day, like in 1990 to up to, Easily 2001, you had to send them a VHS ta- tape. Oh, yeah. You had to call them on the phone. You had to be ignored for months on end. And then, but now you could just send your avails every There's six one weeks. guy, I think he's in Indiana or something somewhere. I forget. With a link. He still makes you send a videotape. Well, that was out of his <laughs> tiny lizard mind. And because he's, he's, he, there's no, there's no, I mean, the thing is, is they, now they can ignore you so much more quickly. But I, I remember a time when I would say to people next to me on the plane, where are you going? I'm performing in mm-hmm. Cleveland. You know, I'm a comedian. I'm going to be at the whatever, the ho-ho hut or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, oh, wow, a comedian. That's really, wow. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I used to watch their face light up and they were impressed <laughs> and excited. Right. And now I feel like I'm saying, you know, I'm in ISIS. Right. Or like, you know, the Unabomber. Oh, the right. Unabomber. Oh, yeah. That's, that's My cousin works at Best Buy. He's a comic. Yeah. You know, that's kind of what I get now. And it's uh, it's like totally the opposite. They're, they feel right. for me a little bit. Right. Well, I'll tell you, because <laughs> a lot of people know about stand-up a lot more because, I don't know if you know this, but there's a, there's a documentary being shot right now about every single comedian in the world. It's just, I mean, there's just, because of podcasting and because of the internet and because of YouTube, everyone has seen so much stand-up comedy. The guy that I worked with this weekend, he wasn't a bad comic. He just, he wasn't super, he just hadn't written a lot of new stuff. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was, did whatever. Had he, he been was, doing it a long time? Yeah, he'd been doing it since 76. Oh my God. And uh, oh my so God. he was oh in God. for the duration. <laughs> and, but the audience was sort of confused. 
Because they were like, well, these are jokes that we've sort of heard before. And we've all, we get where this is going. This is being telescoped. And then, and then I got up and my stuff is weird, uh, anyway. So it doesn't really match weird, very well. Weird and wonderful. It was an awkward combination. Well, I don't know. Cause but, it, you, I don't know. Sometimes you know, the weirdest but, mixes kind of work out. Right, but. right. But the, and the audience, it wasn't the audience's fault. And, and he was doing his job and it was fine. But the, but it is, it's interesting how savvy the audiences are now because, and, and, because of the internet, we're in a golden, I don't know if you meant, when I said the young comics, I'm talking early thirties, I'm talking late twenties as well, but these guys, these, there are men and women who are blowing me away. They're some of the oh, yeah, greatest the best. Oh, I do believe that. Yeah. I believe that it, there's statistically more greatness in comedy, whatever you want to call that special I thing. I think the percentage now is the same, than but ever the numbers before. are up. Well, that's the thing. There's yeah. so many. Yeah. So that, yeah. So now there's more great comedians yeah. on the planet than ever before in history. Than ever before. There's also more shitty comedians. Right, right. Because it's still 90, 10 uh, <laughs> for mediocrity and greatness. But and there was only a handful of people doing it at one point, And right. now there's everybody in the And now there's yeah. a thousand generations yeah. of it. And even the 90% that are from terrible to just fine, right? They are... They all have stage presence from the first time that they're on stands on stage because of everyone having a camera. The savvy. Yeah, the, the 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 everyone's been filmed since they were babies. So everybody has stage presence and everybody knows how to pitch. Everybody's a comedian. That became true. That that famous saying. That actually did become true, weirdly enough. So where are you playing? So we head off to Ashland, Oregon, which uh, I'm not sure if... Uh, this won't go this before, won't before then. that, yeah, because that's August. So you're going to Oregon. But I go to Oregon, and then, um, which is a beautiful town where people move from New York, notoriously, to L.A., hang out in L.A. and hit the showbiz scene or whatever, and then finally retire to Ashland, Oregon, a common thing. It's called the Golden Triangle. Ashland, Oregon. Yeah, because it's it's the first place in Oregon. Like it's just outside of California, so you get all the oh, Oregon like Crescent City. Mm, well, that's <laughs> that too is the last thing before you go into Oregon. But this is more central, more like the five. Okay, so Crescent City's more the coast. middle of the state. Yeah, and then up. I right do, there, I do love that Northern California area though. Before, just before Crescent City, that it's is very beautiful, magnificent, very up there. very yeah. beautiful, very fu- bunch full of rainbow people. It's very very a lot of hippies going down. Giant cheese, the redwoods there. Yep. There's um, yep. There's a Walmart over in Crescent City. <laughs> oh, no, 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 Walmart. Nice. You can, I, Crescent City is a little sketchy. <laughs> well, I always Crescent, wonder that way. Yeah, so that's one of the sketchier cities of people. Well, it's because there's different cities in the country where people are clearly they're hiding from something. And Crescent and City is one of them. Crescent City is one of them. Yeah. I don't know if. It's, it's witness relocation, or they're <laughs> Something's just happening living there. off no the doubt. grid. No they're just like, this is my truck. This is I. <laughs> That's I, where the Greyhound station this is. is. I eventually <laughs> I, I I hunt with this truck. I knock deer over. You can only eat half of it, but it's good. It's still good. <laughs> and every time I go to Arkansas, I'll meet somebody, and I'm like. What are you hiding from? Because <laughs> my in-laws also live in Arkansas. Anyway. We head up to Portland. Yep. Then we go to Cleveland for Labor Day weekend. Not Cleveland. I say Who's Cleveland. Who's we? Are you on the road I, with somebody? I just like to make it like I've okay. got my tour, my, my oh, crew like you, with me. You got a little crew? Got a little, <laughs> oh, fair enough. Then we, then we, the imaginary we. Right, right. The, the me and my luggage. Me and my luggage. You and your luggage. Fantastic. <laughs> we, we're going, me and my drugs. Yeah. We're going to Kansas City. Okay. And that's for Labor Day weekend. And then I'm do, I don't normally do this. I'm, I'm flying out of Portland and then I'm flying back to Portland. So I'm leaving my car in a foreign city, going on the road and coming back to my car again. I don't okay. usually do that. Have you done yeah, that? Yeah. Have no. you ever done that? No, no. Okay. So see, the thing is, is I don't usually, I used to go out on like six week runs and, uh, 12 week runs. Not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. Now I like to, I, it's like playing hacky sack where I got to put my foot back on the ground and then take another kick. I understand that too. It's, uh, but, but the you're lore, going out. The you're lore out. of the great Northwest. That's the thing. And you're just going to so, stay out there. Well, I come back to Portland. Then I go, I go again. I go up north even further. And now I've got gigs. Are in, you coming home at all in the middle of this stuff? Nope. Nope. I'm staying you're out. Staying out. I'm staying out. I'm, all and, right. But where am I? I'm going to be literally in, uh, the Northwest, like, um, you know, uh, near Seattle and, and beyond Seattle. Seattle's a gorgeous Vancouver city. And, but, but, but in Vancouver, Washington, but you mean Vancouver, yeah, Canada. Both. But Vancouver, Washington is lower, right? Okay. And I love that area too. Uh, Longview, Castle Rock, up into the by uh, Mount St. Helen. Oh my God, it's gorgeous up there. But there's Mount Rainier and there's Mount Baker. Mm-hmm, and I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm so fond of all these things. There's just some of the prettiest stuff we have in the entire United States. It's right, mind-boggling. Right. The trees, okay. the gorgeous, the grandeur. I love it. So I booked myself in these gigs. So I'm at a casino in Maryville. Okay. At the Tulalip Casino, it's called. Right. And I'm at Granite Falls at the Eagles Lodge. Yes, that's right. The Eagles Lodge. Right, bring it, friend. and I'm back. Bring it. Yeah. I'm back. I was there in June. They're having me back. <laughs> All right, so they right. liked you. And uh, and I'm going to be in uh, Anacortes, and I'm going to be in uh, Yakima, and I'm going to be in Richland.
Portland, Washington, which is the sort of the, the east or more, you know, centrally. Wherever two or more people gather is what's go. happening. That's, the that's Mark exactly. Price. And where, where down, are all this? Are they listed on your Facebook Head down to page? Portland. Asque- yeah, I got it coming out on the Facebook page. Lake Oswego, wherever that is, just below Portland. Mm-hmm. Medford. Mm-hmm. Back up to Portland again. Then back down to Tahoe at Harris at Harvey's, at the Improv. Right. And that's Halloween week. Okay. That's October, end of October. And no, isn't that amazing? And then beginning of November, first week of November at the Harris at the Improv in Las Vegas. And is that your last one when you're coming home? Believe it or not, I come home for a day. Yeah. One day. Yep. 10 day tour of the Midwest. And then back out. I'm telling you, to, I want, okay. Like Chicago and stuff or? Decatur, Illinois at the yeah, hangar. Yeah. Cause your listeners might be from these places. Yeah, yeah. They're from everywhere. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. So you got to know this. Crawfordsville, Indiana. Right. Dansville somewhere. I don't even know where that right. is. It's Dansville. Okay. I'm going to be there. <laughs> right. If it's a ville, it's in Indiana. I'm going to, right, exactly. Jerseyville, Illinois. Okay. Uh, uh, there's an, I'm forgetting. Oh God. It's something like Gain, Gain, Gainesville, something, Gain, something, Gain, Cape, Galesburg, Galesburg, Galesburg. Then I'm in Davenport, Iowa. Anyway, you get the idea. We're going to yeah, be yeah. coming to your town near you soon. Yes, you will j- definitely be coming to a town near everyone. That sounds, uh, that sounds like a lot of work, which is awesome. Anyway. Keeping busy. Keeping busy. And Getting that's the good. word out there about Affecting this. Affecting uh, change at a grassroots trying, level. Trying. Mark Price. Uh, thank you so much for doing the Dork Forest. It's been an hour, my friend. And I appreciate all of this information about the water stuff is fantastic. And so, uh, everyone go to ecs-green.com. And check out what the hell that was. And think about sand hydroponics. And think about rainwater harvesting. And then uh, either do something about it, like we didn't. Or uh, don't do anything about it, like we did. And uh, But uh, get out there and uh, you know the rules. Be nice to each other. Bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?